All right, guys, welcome back to the Make It Work podcast. This is Stephanie. This is Morgan. And today, trigger warning, exciting warning, it's fucking game time. (laughs) We are going to talk about essentially romantic relationships part one. Yeah, I would say. Of undetermined amount of times. Right. (laughs) One of X. Yes. And Morgan had a genius way of us trying to approach it that today we're going to kind of balance uh, when to make it work and what's a red flag. Right. When do we cut and run? When do we work through some stuff with our romantic partners? Because listen, red's my favorite color. And up until about age 26 and a half, it was my favorite color flag too, okay? I ignored some shit. I was like, oh, this is beautiful. I love being surrounded by catastrophe. (laughs) Drama means love. Drama means love. It's passion. Like The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, passion. Exactly. So basically today what we want to talk about, uh, which we have plenty to talk about, we were kind of hoping to accumulate our mistakes. Accumulate? Is that? I don't know, and discuss things that we wish we would have left or maybe times that we could have worked a little bit harder. And, you know, being in relationships where somebody else decided to not try to make it work and not leave at the same time. Yeah, we got an eclectic mix here, I think, of scenarios. I can't preach enough communication, my friends. That's a tough one, though. It is a tough one. I'm confrontational in the fact that I will talk to anyone about anything and anyone close to me would say, you are not uh, confused about how I feel about something. I believe in being confrontational in the fact that if it will save a relationship and if it will prevent a fight. But I have so many friends and so many scenarios through my whole life who will tell me things and I think they have a totally valid reason of being upset. And I was like, oh, my God, what did he say when you told me you were upset and he couldn't believe he did that? Uh, Why didn't tell him I was mad? What? Dude, (laughs) he's still a dude. God love him. They don't know how upset you are if you don't tell them. They're not mind readers. Yeah, I just remember growing up, my mom getting mad at my dad for stuff and him just pleading with her (laughs) to tell him when she was upset or why she was upset. And saying, I can't read your mind. So I kind of took that. By the way, my parents have a lovely marriage. <laughs> They're still together, but nothing's perfect. Yeah. Um, I took that to heart. So I'm also, in my personal life, pretty confrontational. I have a really hard time being patient. And I think that goes along with it. If I'm feeling something strongly and I know in my brain that I should just give it some time and see what happens, <laughs> my mouth doesn't let me keep it in. <laughs> I just can't do it. That is literally okay. So we have that same factor. Uh, we've talked about getting upset stomach or like fixation anxiety about not fixing a problem, which has made our friendship a lot easier because we don't let things lie. You know, like I wouldn't get hurt by something and not call you out on it and you would do the same. And so I always know where I stand with you, which to me has made us so much more comfortable. Yeah, I agree. And then currently in this relationship I'm in, which I'm thankful for because I've obviously will get there a bit in situations where someone did not tell me they weren't happy or had an issue. He uh, wants to fix it too, except for about as immediately as you do. 
Yeah, I'm an immediate fixer. An immediate fixer? Yeah, same. You and Charlie could start a brand. <laughs> like a, your own your own brand of we will have no downtime. But it, I had to make a non-sexual safe word of that I need five minutes. <laughs> I need 10 minutes, yeah. Like, let me go shower. Let me calm down because I, I'll, as com- confrontational as I am, as much as I want to fix this and I don't want to let things fester, I also don't want my inner 12-year-old mean girl to come out and say super hateful things because everybody is the worst version of themselves the first three minutes they're angry. Yeah, that's one of the things that I was ruminating on today was, okay, let's think about scenarios and when it's time to make a decision about staying or leaving. And I think one of my strategies that I've developed is to not make a decision in those first few moments of feeling really shitty or really happy. You know, it's like you get into a bad fight with someone or something is really bothering you and you get a weird feeling or you've been feeling not great and then they do something amazing or they say something really nice and the love feeling comes back. It's like in those moments is not the time to make a decision. The time to make a decision is when you're in a more neutral place and that's really hard too because if you're not really mad or you're not really happy, it's like, well, what's the problem? But we need to be a little more self-reflective and self-aware, I think, in those moments where we're not feeling strongly one way or another. 100%. So instead of, you know, that emotional roller coaster, which we're both also passionate people, which obviously you've seen in the podcast, we have strong feelings, a lot of feelings. I wouldn't change that for the world most of the time. 16-year-old me, she needed to calm the fuck down. But we have these like emotional roller coasters and i also just through plenty of personal experience know how (laughs) irrational i could be at first so i do think finding your personal balance between enough time to not be your most emotionally responsive but at the same time not pretending like things don't bother you for the love of god side topic stop pretending like you're the cool chill girl if you're not the cool chill girl Oh my God, I'm super not the cool chill girl at all. I give all the fucks. I care (laughs) about everything. I feel strongly about things. I I will care about you so deeply, which means I care about everything that deeply. I'm a quick carer. Yes, I deep, intense emotional feelings. <laughs> like, I'm a very, I mean, you know, attachment style, like secure attachment, we'll get close quick, I'm all in. Oh, that's, I'm just learning about that. Well, we do an episode on all that shit later. That's so fascinating to me. I would say you're a secure attacher too. You have no problem getting close to people. No, I'm a, I'm a quick faller too. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. I get it intense quickly. Like, I care so much that I care about how I deliver the message. No <laughs> names, but. I wanted to ask a question, a -hmm. personal question. And I'm like, okay, I have a question. He goes, okay, ask it. I'm like, well, first, let me start with a statement. Like, (laughs) who the fuck does that? I'm going to frame this with a positive, negative, positive for you. (laughs) He's like, what the fuck just happened? I was like, you know what? I've been drinking all day. I think instead I'm just going to go to bed. I think that's probably for the best. <laughs> it's like the hard thing because then you're just like, mean, we'll fixate. Be like, man, I really wanted to ask that question. Yeah. Did I sleep? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, don't kid yourself. He did, though. And you know what? Sidebar here. 
men can <laughs> sleep through anything and fuck them for it. I hate you him. were talking earlier about fixating on things. If someone's mad at me, especially someone that I'm in a relationship with, I immediately get diarrhea. Immediately <laughs> get diarrhea. I'm like, oh my God. I said something fucked up. That was mean. He's upset. I haven't heard from him in 10 minutes. It's to the toilet. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. All your text messages coming in. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm on the toilet having stress diarrhea. I... But they can fucking sleep through anything. My uh, most recent relationship, we lived together. We would, like, not go to bed in a great place. And I would just be fucking laying there staring <laughs> at you, sleeping soundly. <laughs> and fuck you for it, dude. Like, I would be like, hey, if I'm not sleeping, then you're not sleeping. <laughs> I'm bothered. Which is unfair. But fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> I will say, though, I am an immediate fixer, but I have recently gone to sleep angry because I had so many emotions. I literally emotionally exhausted myself and, like, <laughs> You crashed. Angry crash. I angry crash. And then Charlie's like, what? <laughs> you just were that angry and then just asleep? You don't sleep every day. How are you sleeping now? I have no idea how I went to sleep. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like a toddler post-temper tantrum. Oh, my God. It seriously bothers me so much when I'm in a fight with someone and I'm on the toilet and they're sleeping. But I think it's communication style. So if you set that expectation up front, you're like, hey, I literally will fixate on this. My stomach will be upset. I will not sleep. I will have all of the physical symptoms until we emotionally resolve this. I'm not saying that you have to forgive me, but we have to at least have a discussion and talk things out and work on things. You can't just have this huge emotional battle with me and then cut me off. I mean, I feel like there's just so many things we can talk about with this because I've had a couple relationships where I've been like, look, I'm not getting X, Y, Z that I need in order to feel secure in this relationship. And both times I get a verbal confirmation, like, I hear you, I got it, I can do that. And then it just does not happen. Or they are saying things along the lines of, I just, I'm not the person that can do that for you. And it's so sad when you don't feel like you're asking for much because it's just your basic needs that need to be met. But another person just is not on the same wavelength. And in that situation, if they're just not on the same wavelength, and if they're not willing to meet you at least halfway, then I think that's a run scenario. 100%. That's where you leave. Right. You know, I'm all about there's two sides to every story, communicating, knowing what your partner needs, because the biggest villain, I feel like, of relationships is unmet expectations. So if you, they don't know what you're expecting, which is not your scenario, then you can't be mad that they're not delivering. But if you say, I need this and this to be OK, and they love you and they are the right fit for you. They'll at least try and work and make progress and you'll see steps. You can't force someone to be the right fit for you. And on the flip side of that, I have been in my marriage. I was not told about expectations I was not meeting. I had no idea that my ex-husband was not happy. I didn't know that what 
I thought we were going through together. I didn't know that when I was at my weaker point, he saw that as me not being a good wife. And because I wasn't able to do anything, that I was not an adequate wife. And rather than communicating that whatever it was that he needed, he was not getting, which everybody has needs. Everybody does. Sexual, physical, emotional, spiritual, everybody has needs. But I was never told that those were not being met. And instead, he chose to fulfill those needs elsewhere. There's nothing you can do with that. No. He didn't try. He did not communicate. He did not set expectations. He did not give me a chance to fail expectations. And instead of making it work, he chose, or even choosing to leave, which was be the right thing to do, because if it's not working and your expectations aren't meeting up, Morgan and I are pro leaving in a scenario that doesn't work. You will find your person. But if you don't know the expectations being put upon you, you can't meet them. And there is a no realm whatsoever that the way to handle that is by just getting your needs met by someone else. It's just not. Right. It's total bullshit. And you just put that really eloquently. And the way I tell the story when (laughs) I talk about it is like this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a big baby. So I'm going to go fuck around. That's my story. And if you're listening to this, you know who. I hope you fucking have a miserable life. And I'm going to fucking Venmo you for $1,500 for my flights and my dress and the beautiful fucking speech that I made at your wedding that I take back the half of it that it was about you. So fuck you. (laughs) Clearly, you haven't been in as much counseling as I have about this. (laughs) No, I haven't talked through this at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I've been very private about it. I mean, honest to God, I bet 99.9% of people are now finding out if they're listening to the podcast. Hey, you know those bitches listen to this podcast just to hear what happened in my marriage. So there you go. You're welcome. Episode three, get the fuck out of here. I want real friends only. (laughs) But dude, I say a thousand times over, that was the best thing he ever did for me in the cruelest way possible yeah it's like in the movies where someone needs to get out of a situation and they're like i never loved you so that they hurt the person bad enough that they don't chase after them except it like wasn't in a loving way he's just a fucking piece of shit (laughs) he was and here's the deal y'all i try to make it work i am very loyal um detrimentally so sometimes would you agree I was going to say, I think we can both be loyal to a fault. We both kind of stuck around in situations that were not good for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then when I was younger, I did probably leave. Uh, I don't regret leaving at all, but I definitely, I wasn't putting in the effort to think that it was someone else's fault entirely. I'll put it that way. But, you know, you have to learn that when you're younger. Marriage, I definitely, uh, I tried. I had very minimal expectations for fi- fixing the scenario because... I didn't decide to leave right away because I am Catholic and I have horrible guilt and I felt like if I didn't try to make my marriage work, (laughs) I was on my, you know, express route to hell instead of the slow route to hell. And (laughs) so I had to give it a shot and he couldn't meet those expectations. And I was like, hmm, I I, just like the tiniest human expectations 
and you're not meaning them. I'm being very clear in my communication. I am willing to put in the effort. I'm willing to forgive and do this because I, you know, I did love him. And people have said to me, they're like, oh my God, I thought you loved him so much. I was like, I didn't cheat. <laughs> like yeah. I did love him. And he couldn't do it. And it took, it took a couple weeks, what, six, eight weeks to be exact, of uh, being like, oh God, you, you don't care. You're not going to try. There's not effort there. Why am I trying to make something work that you have no interest in making work? And so I chose to leave. And it was the best choice I ever made. Yeah, it takes two to want to make it work for it to end up being okay. And meeting halfway or if someone's drawing a line, like in order to stay in this relationship, you need to do this. Otherwise, I've got to get out of here and they don't do it. You know, I don't like ultimatums, but in situations like that, you know, if you aren't going to do, you know, one big thing that I'm asking you to do after you fucked up so badly and I've given you time to either meet or not meet that expectation and they still don't do it, you know, it makes it easier on you to get out. You drew a line in the sand and you're a strong person for sticking to it and you've grown a lot from it. You've learned a lot about yourself from it and you've ended up in a better situation. Overall, I like, I like me so much more now. And I never had a problem with me to begin with, but like this version, like Stephanie, let's go with 4.0 by now. (laughs) I like her. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of her work. That's so important. It is important. And here's the deal is any other time, um, obviously, I mean, obviously I've been cheated on. I've left immediately. Like no phone calls, no texts. I found out we're done. Cut off. And I guess I have, uh, as he said, I I had very poor taste in men up until this last (laughs) one. And so I've happened before. And this was the only time I made it work. And it was because I was, or tried to make it work because I was married. It didn't. Once I decided to leave, it, I'll tell anybody who's going through this right now, leaving is so much easier because then you rip off the band-aid and you get to rebuild. I do, you would be surprised who comes out of the woodwork and admits that they stay. Um, and has they have great marriages, get great relationships, and they chose to make it work, but they were both willing to do whatever it took to make it work. Oh God, I, I, we keep saying it, but we've chose that name for a reason because we use it all the time. But I know. I, I think it's effort on both parts. It's being the right fit. I think everybody's human and makes mistakes, but that was not the situation I was in. I was with someone who was unhappy and did not express their expectations, was a horrible communicator, and is in no way self-actualized, and that's its own <laughs> thing. We will, I honest to God, I mean, we'll have a marriage podcast because I am still 100% pro marriage. I still love men. That's why I started dating. I was starting to get bitter and think, I hate men. Men are horrible. I was like, that's bullshit. I've been friends with men my whole life. Quit it. You're going to go on a date and you're going to realize that you still enjoy people and dating. Get over your fucking self. But I think you need to communicate your expectations. I think you need to know your partner. And I think another big one is like, I love love languages. I was just going to bring up love languages. Oh, I could talk. They're amazing. They're amazing. I could talk all psychology all day, every day. We we could turn this into a psychology podcast (laughs) and I wouldn't be disappointed because I love people. (laughs) I love medicine, which is the study of like you physically and psychologically. I love, mm, I love all of it. Anyways. I hate everybody, including you, whoever's listening. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, fuck you, no, you don't. (laughs) 
no. Uh, they're interesting, though. They're fascinating. There's they're interesting, nothing... but you probably suck. You... <laughs> Just like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes. But I think love languages... Okay, if you don't know, let's break it down. You okay. have acts of service, which is my number one, which is doing nice things for your significant other, like doing errands or cleaning or cooking or whatever. What's yours? It's a toss up between words of affirmation and quality time. That's so physical touch, though, too. I don't know. I'm very needy. (laughs) I need all the love. (laughs) I don't really give a shit about gifts, though. Me either. Words and gifts are my lowest. I, I need the words. And I need the actions. I, you know what? I, know. I said it. I meant it. I'm a needy bitch. <laughs> Remember, we give all the fucks. We have no chill. Okay. I care too much. We give all I the won't fucks. Apologize. No, we give all the fucks. But guess what? We care this much about you too. If you're like important to us. But okay, sorry. Going back to the top, we have acts of service, doing kind things for someone, actual actions, quality time. That's my number two. Huge spending time with someone, intentional time with someone. Mm-hmm. Words of affirmation, kind and loving, positive words. That's my partner's number one and also the thing I'm the worst at, so that sucks. <laughs> There's gift giving. My, my baby sister is the queen of giving this love language. She will give out the most thoughtful gifts, like things that tailored people. It's not my number one receiving in any way, but it, a lot of people have that. And then physical touch. Usually you have a primary number one and you can use them different ways with different relationships. My mom parented us with love languages quite a bit. I didn't get parented with love languages. I think what happened, and I'm honestly not 100% sure if this is the case, was that my parents had been together for like 20 years or something. And one, I, I'm assuming it was my mom, but one of them like discovered the book because... I don't know. You're with someone for 20 years. Yeah. You're with someone for 20 years and, you know, you have two kids and there's jobs and, you know, illnesses or whatever the hell was going on at the time. And they went into it together and figured it out how to continue to have a good marriage with the love languages. I do have to say your parents do have a great marriage. We, my mom and I were talking about your parents' marriage the other day. (laughs) I do love my parents. Yes. I do have to back Morgan up on that. Hurt. She has a, like, because we've talked about them twice. So I feel like we need to acknowledge they have I know. a great role model for a marriage. Sorry, continue. <laughs> it's been a really important relationship to observe and it's not perfect. And my mom rolls her eyes at my dad and my dad, like, is going to wring my mom's neck sometimes behind her back when she says something or does something and he just does not understand. Sometimes they just don't understand each other and it's okay. On the flip side of that, my expectations are so high. It's almost unfair, but like I won't settle for anything less. 100%. One of my favorite things about my parents' relationship is that my mom just kind of shows up out of the blue sometimes. Like if my dad and I are watching a hockey game or something in the basement, go Flyers, fuck Pittsburgh. Um, go Preds. Go, <laughs> yeah, go Preds too. Um <laughs> And she will do like a weird dance and say whatever she has to say 
or comes downstairs and she's like, oh my God, I have to tell you something. And so we have to pause whatever we're watching. And it's always something kind of dumb, but it's really fun. It's like cute. And my dad thinks it's the funniest thing every time. He has a list in his phone, like a note, the notes app on the phone. Yeah. Of dumb shit that my mom says. <laughs> he calls them Cherylisms. <laughs> your family so (laughs) here's a good one are you ready just Uh off the top do it do it do it do it we're all in the basement she comes downstairs i don't know what the fuck she's been doing she just shows up like she does we're watching a movie so we're forced to pause it in the middle (laughs) as we always are and she's trying to give me stuff to take to my new apartment like decor wise and she finds this plate and it's pink and she goes Oh, I love this plate. I've had this plate forever. Don't do what I did. And don't let a man take the pink out of your life. <laughs> my dad looked at me. He was like, I like pink. <laughs> I wear pink. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. There's pink literally everywhere. I'm sitting in a pink room right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Barbie mansion we live in. What else do you want? He's literally like, write that down. your mom is really funny (laughs) oh my god so it's like a lot of not taking things personally i would say (laughs) and he's like that's a weird quirk you have but it's hilarious and i'll laugh at you instead of being so annoyed by you right and plus like the weird dancing that she does like it's so funny she's a horrible dancer but it's so funny when she does it we imitate her all the time But he thinks it's so cute and he thinks it's so funny. And I remember that in my most recent relationship, I was watching the season finale of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which I've talked about before. (laughs) It's the best show. Everyone should watch it if you like musicals, which I do very much. (laughs) And it was like a live performance of all the songs that they've done throughout the four seasons of the show. And I I love live. (laughs) This is fucked up. (laughs) Whatever. I'm airing out all my shit. Bring it, girlfriend. I was inspired by the live performance. I grew up on stage. I was a dancer. I did. I had recitals every year. I'm comfortable performing in front of people. We're clearly performing right now. <laughs> clearly performing right now. This is all an act. So <laughs> I, I was watching by myself downstairs. My boyfriend at the time was upstairs playing fucking Fortnite on his goddamn Xbox. And I go upstairs and I start to sing a song from the show and like do a little jig. And instead of looking at me and giggling and being like, oh my God, you're so quirky and funny. He was like, I'm in the middle of something. (laughs) And it was one of those moments where I was like, really taken aback because my whole life I'd seen my dad think that that's so cute when my mom does it. And then it just was not cute when I was doing it. But I stand by it. I think it was cute that I was doing it. We're just, we didn't belong together. And he didn't think it was funny. And if someone I'm with doesn't think I'm funny, that's a big fucking red flag. And I got to get out of that. I'm not going to enjoy their presence, which is very important if they don't think you're funny. (laughs) Right. Which is really your priority, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. That's my quality that I'm proudest of. Well, here's the deal. I mean, honestly, that is... Where you say quality time, you were doing something, you missed your person, you went to go spend time with them, and you're being goofy, and they had no appreciation 
for part of your personality as a whole. I love when you just randomly text me shit. I mean, you can't show up in my room and do something stupid like that anymore. (laughs) But like you crack me up with your randomness all the time and you should have people in your life who experience that. So like (laughs) I talked about in the last podcast and my dad passed away about six years ago, but (laughs) literally my first curse word (laughs) was God damn it. (laughs) My God. My dad. And my sister's kindergarten teacher, she told her kindergarten teacher that my mom's name was Goddammit Amory. <laughs> God bless my mom. Oh, also, here's your retraction. My mom did not tell me not to use tampons. She just didn't want us to sleep in them. She said I had to say that on the podcast. <laughs> I think oh. the last <laughs> but, um,. PSA, don't sleep in tampons. PSA, don't sleep in tampons, quoted from Anne-Marie Johnson. (laughs) But she, like, forgets things, and she's just kind of ditzy sometimes. I don't know. My mom is so intelligent, but then sometimes I still do it. I'm like, God damn it, Anne-Marie. Like, how did you do that? Like, going to Australia, my mom planned the whole trip for us and everything else, which was awesome. It was a great family trip. My mom didn't look into visas. We got to the airport late which I already didn't want to do. We are late to check in. She did not get us visas to go to Australia. I am then panicking in line, trying to get on this plane so we can get to one sister. Another sister can get engaged because her future fiance is flying in to meet us in Australia, trying to type in stuff for a visa as quick as possible to get us into this country because they won't let you leave until you have a visa. And I just look at her. I'm like, God damn it, Amory. And I'm like, why? But my dad would like say it and then just laugh and like smile at her. He's like, God damn it, Amory. Like, really? <laughs> and Right. You think it's cute when you love someone. You think their quirky things are cute. Yeah. And she is, she handles everything. Part of the problem is that she does so much that sometimes, again, where do I get the ADD from? She doesn't, she does like 95% of it. And not out of a laziness, she just gets you know, she goes on to the next task. And he always found it endearing. He would laugh. He was a detail-oriented logistics person. And so he fixed it. Right. You balance each other out. I don't think necessarily that being total opposites on things is, you know, made for the long haul. You have to have some core things in common. Mm -hmm. But balancing each other out is another thing. Like if I was with somebody who was as uptight, frankly, as I am, it would never work. Yeah, I need to be with someone who's chilled out and doesn't take things as seriously as I do. Yeah. I do think there are certain qualities that you balance, you make a team. But I don't know if you don't have like core beliefs in common, like if you aren't don't know how you'd want to raise your kids or how you want to treat other people. I, I think there's a lot of things that you have to be similar on. Right. And that's another thing I think that these days people have an issue with when you talk about kids, like kids are a deal breaker, Mm -hmm. right? If you want kids, you know, you want kids and you're with someone who does not want kids. It doesn't matter how great everything else is. I've heard about multiple marriages ending quickly because they thought that they were going to be able to change each other's minds. And that's not fair to anybody. Y'all, I understand. I had a savior complex, especially growing up. Oh, my God, the bad boy that you need to change. So hot. Nothing hotter. (sighs) Nothing hotter. 
he may be like that, but I, I'm good enough. I'm enough. I'll make him change. Bitch, it's not going to happen. 27 year old me to 16 year old me. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> let it go. Oh my God. But the temptation is so sweet. You like want to know your power. Oh my God. I truly think that's what it is. You're like, what can I achieve? And guess what? If you have to change him, he's not the one. Not it. He's not it. It's not. If it's a non-negotiable, it's a non-negotiable. It just is. Kids is right. huge. You know what? Like, again, Charlie has a kid. For you, like, that would be a non-negotiable. Like, there's you. that wouldn't be something you'd want to do, right? No, I wouldn't. I, I don't think that I, I could date someone who already had a kid. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that because you are mature enough to know what you could or couldn't do. I'm more likely than not can't have kids. To me, if I was starting to get serious with someone and that was a make or break for them that, like, they would never want to adopt, they wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, if there wasn't room that if that catastrophe happened that they couldn't be happy, I would want out. Right. And... Unfortunately, in order to know the answer to that, you have to buck up and ask the question and have the conversation. Yes. Have the hard conversations. Stop trying to save face. No one benefits when you pretend to be someone you're not. God, there's nothing better than dating when you're older because you're like, I don't fucking like hiking. I'm not going to pretend to like hiking. This is who I am. Sucks to suck. I'll pack you snacks. Have a good time. Don't pretend to be someone you're not. Don't expect someone to change for you. They can try to love you better. They can try to communicate with you better. They can they can work on how they approach you and how you guys take on life together. But they're fundamentally who they are as a person. You're not going to change it. You're not. And as tempting as it is and how great all the rom-coms are, it's not real life. No. And... You just cannot turn someone into what you're looking for, even if you do have the hard conversation. Mm -hmm. If it's not something that they're able or willing to do, it's not something that they're able or willing to do. And one of the hardest things to hear from somebody is, I understand that that's what you need from me, and I just can't give it to you. Yeah. And I've heard it. Wouldn't you rather know now? Because no matter how much it hurts now, which I'm not discounting, it hurts. It sucks. You immediately go, why am I not enough? Why can't you do that? What's so hard about what I'm asking? It's never going to get easier. It really isn't. It's only going to be temp like a little bandaid on it. And then it's just going to continue to breed resentment. And I'm also a firm believer in the fact that if you're going to acknowledge something about someone or accept something or agree to get over an argument or over something like infidelity, for example, or a big fight, you can't bring it up later either. Like you can't hold it against them if you're going to be the person to agree to move on from it. True. And so even if they fucked up big, if you agree to stay and you agree to work on it, you know, you're not allowed to bring it up six months down the line and be like, well, you didn't take out the garbage and you also lied to me about where you were that night. You got to take the good with the bad. And if you agree to move forward, then you agree to move forward with a clean slate. And that is honestly borderline impossible. And I think that's why it's so hard to make stuff work after a big shitty event. You know, on one side, I agree completely because I got to make it work and I knew 
I think deep in my core, I knew I probably wouldn't have never been able to forgive him, but I felt like I need to try. However, the people who reached out to me, not reached out to me because I didn't really make it public what happened, but the people very close to me who either told me or put me in contact with someone who had chosen to stay, you would be shocked. Really? Yes. Because once you've gone through that, because mostly people are embarrassed. Most people are embarrassed if they stay. Um, they keep it secret and they keep it private, which I totally understand until this thing. I'm, I'm putting in my crap publicly, but this is... 2020 Stephanie she's working on some shit and I was like really do you feel like you moved past it like yes but we had to choose to move past it like that was this relationship and we started over and what I've what I've learned and what I've told people who have come to me asking for advice I was like here's the deal as the person who was betrayed you get to set your needs whatever that is whether that's a tracker whether that's access to all counts whether that's random check-ins, whether that's random pictures, which is why I don't recommend doing this if you're not married. I really don't. I think it's so hard because every person, what they need is different. And that's a lot of work unless either you're married or you truly in your core, you have kids, you know this is it. This is a, it's going to take a lot of work. And then whatever that person who's betrayed needs, you need to agree on that. And you can't be mad that that's what they need. You can't be mad of those expectations and they need to be met. And I was like, if you know what you need and that person's willing to do it and does it consistently, that's the only time you're going to be able to get past a betrayal. Um, I have not been able to do that successfully, but I do know people who have and who have strong marriages. I don't judge anybody because here's the deal. We can talk about obvious red flags. To me, cheating's a red flag. I don't think you should stay. If I'm going to assume my answer to your question, I'm going to say, get out. I gave you examples of where you can stay, but I would say, get out. Uh, abuse, get out. Ugh. Big red flag. The biggest. If he or she hits you. Also, women can be abusive. Say it with me, everybody. Women can be physically, emotionally, psychologically, financially abusive. Yeah. And just because you're a man does not mean that you are not a victim. Okay, stepping up for my soapbox, excuse me. <laughs> I feel very strongly about this. But good for you. Yes. If you are made if you are ever physically hurt or sexually assaulted by your partner, to me that is a huge red flag. I'm not judging how difficult it is to get out. I'm not judging if it takes you a couple of times to work up the courage to get out. That is not where I'm coming from. I know, I know in my core how hard that is when it seems easy to everyone else when no one understands when you've told no one what's happened because you're humiliated i know how hard it is to leave but you can do it and those are the big red flags we're talking about then we start working into emotional abuse we start looking into manipulation, things like that. If someone's making you feel like you are not good enough, like you do not deserve anything that you want, that you don't deserve to be respected, that you don't deserve to be loved, that you don't deserve to have friends, that's a huge red flag and you need to work on safely getting out. Yeah, and I wanna also just say on the flip side of that, 
if you're with someone and you're getting so frustrated by everything that's happening that you just feel so angry, not, you know, like you're lashing out or you're doing anything abusive, but if you're partner is able to get you to that point where you're just seeing red and like overwhelmingly angry because that's how I've felt at the end of both of my long-term relationships it was like how does this person have so much power over me that this one thing they did makes me so angry that I just have to like shut myself in a room so that I don't do something stupid because I'm so mad No one should have that power over you. No one that loves you should ever make you that mad. It's so hard, relationships. It's just, I feel like a lot of the times it's an uphill battle and people who are in happy relationships at the moment will tell you, it doesn't have to be that hard. If it's right, it's not that hard. But no matter what, it's going to be work. And I feel like my issue has been, what's a normal amount of work? And when is it? too much that it's just not gonna happen and it's time to call it that's fair i think that's a struggle everybody faces i do agree that it's day-to-day is not supposed to be hard because life's hard right but if you have found the person you fit with and then life becomes hard you don't quit on that person because life became hard you know if you've made a commitment to someone and it's not them tearing you down It's not them hurting you. It's not them not loving you, not validating you, not respecting you. It's like you're facing a hardship and you think by packing your bags and leaving that everything's going to be fixed. No one's ever going to make you happy because sometimes you got to talk through some things. Now, if you try to talk through it and your partner, like you've said, is not willing to meet A, B, and C, if they're not willing to have a discussion, if they're not also trying to fix it, then yeah, maybe they're not your person. But life is hard enough that I don't think necessarily your partner should be difficult, but they're also the one closest to you that life gets hard. You're going to take some shit out on. Yeah, you take things out on the ones that are closest to you, which is so unfortunate, but it's who you're the most comfortable with. And like that sucks for everybody because you give it and you're and you have to receive that as well. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's a total back and forth. I feel like if life gets hard and you work through things as a team, that's good. But I'll also say, like, there's just so many sides to everything. Like, if life's getting hard and the person that you're with isn't doing anything to help themselves, isn't taking care of themselves, in my case, is sleeping, you're, you're sleeping in a different room because their habits are poor, they're drinking a lot, they're, you know, spending, isolating themselves and spending a lot of time alone and you're trying and you're trying and you're suggesting things, and they're not in a place to help themselves, it's like, then how long do you hang around for? Yeah. And you, you and your own personal scenario try to get them help. You can't change people. If they don't want to get better, they're not going to get better. And I do think you and I have faced multiple scenarios where we are loyal and we try to stick through things and we're trying to discern between a scenario and a person. Right. And sometimes you have to take that step back and you're like, am I toughing out a scenario or am I toughing out a person? That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I'm guilty of being private and not sharing things about my relationship, wanting everyone to believe the best possible version of my partner and 
putting on, you know, face, saving face. And I regret having done that in the past. And I feel like now, not all of your little fights, but like if I had, if I had a major issue, I could talk to you, I could talk to my mom, you know, and be like, hey, this is what's going on. Am I just approaching this conflict from a different way? Or are we fundamentally different people? You know, I don't think you can do everything alone. And that's where I'm also pro-counseling 100% too. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I feel like I've reached out to you so many times in situations like that with a boyfriend where I'm like, I am, am I losing my mind? Like, if is what I'm asking here as ridiculous as this person is making it out to seem? And I have called you out. Yeah. Asking them to enjoy musical theater is too much. <laughs> I, okay, I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> Tolerating going with you. Not too bad. Asking them to enjoy it too much. Continue. I'm sorry. Or like, am I have am I completely overreacting to this situation? This is what's happening. From my point of view, this is what happened. And more than once you've been like, look, you really need to fucking relax. <laughs> and also more than once you've been like, no, your feelings are completely valid. And it's interesting that you're saying that now because I don't think that you've ever done that with me. No. When it comes to a person that you've dated or been with and yeah. I'm just realizing that now that I've totally leaned on you for that and you've leaned on me for other things but that's not one of them no I never realized that I um I do the same thing I think also and we'll do our own friendship episode because I love friends and I think so much of this applies to your friends I um I, if I let's say you and I have a fight about something which has been it's been a long time but I would not tell my partner at the time and I wouldn't tell other friends. I mean, I have friends I've had beef with and I know for a fact that they've shared information about that fight with other people and I won't say a word. And I'm sure in a lot of scenarios I look like the bad guy, but I, I don't know. I can't help but want to put the best picture forward to of all of my people, I, like my closest core people. I don't want any of their weaknesses or our fights to be privy to anyone else because I want to protect you and I want only the best scene of everybody that I love that much. Um, and I saw it as protecting when in reality, at least with my marriage, it was, it was enabling. I don't know how to word how detrimental it was to... To keep a secret? Mm-hmm. Yeah, secrets suck. Secrets suck. And you have people for a reason. Yeah, I was fucking shocked when you called me. Yeah, and I mean, part like, I, I didn't see the affair coming at all, but um, there was other stuff happening. We've talked about discussing other issues, too, on the podcast, because I think a lot more people deal with it than is common knowledge. Yeah. I, you know, he was my husband i wasn't gonna have everybody know his the worst things about him and you know honestly i wouldn't put it on instagram but i wish i would have trusted my people to take care of me and to love me regardless and it you know it would have been the better move and now if i was in that place again i've learned and i wouldn't do it again and i would find someone like you i totally trust even if it's, you know, because you're scared that you don't want your friends or your family to be mad at your partner if you can forgive them. 
That's what counselors are made for. <laughs> Jesus, I can't promote. I am the number one club promoter level hype man of therapy. Jesus Christ. It is a godsend. Because guess what? You pay them to give it to you straight and to not sugarcoat things. And it doesn't matter whether or not they like your boyfriend or husband because you don't have to bring your therapist to Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. There's not going to be any alter awkward in, encounters. No. I remember one thing my dad always said about like if I because I had no problem talking shit on my boyfriends to my parents <laughs> because they're generally pretty cool people. And my dad especially is so rational. It's infuriating a lot of the time. But when you need it, it's really good. Mm hmm. And he's like, look, I'm not going to say anything bad about any of these people that you're talking about. He's like my his sister broke up with her like now they've been together for 40 something years broke up with him my dad talked a bunch of shit said how much he didn't like him what an asshole he was and then they fucking got back together and it, then it's weird because then you know that your relative doesn't like the person that you're with oh yeah so yay therapy yay therapy oh, i mean even <laughs> like plus people sometimes people do that like i was no one in my life knew how bad things were. Still, I don't know how I was the one who got betrayed. That still blows my mind all the time. <laughs> it's still just fucking mind-boggling, y'all. But um, no one knew how bad it was. But then my family, I've always asked for complete honesty. And my family was like, oh, yeah, like, we thought he loved you, like, really loved you. But we had an issue with this, this, and this. And I'm like, bullshit. It is so much easier now that he's gone, for you to come here and say you saw this coming, no, no, you didn't. No, shut up. I didn't see it coming, and I had all the pieces to the puzzle. Yeah, that's so annoying. My mom did that the last when I broke up with my most recent boyfriend. She's like, "Yeah, he wasn't it." Like, okay, well, why didn't you tell me before I moved all my fucking furniture into his house? Like, <laughs> could have saved me a. Moving truck could have saved me a lot of grief. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? We're adults. Yeah. Make and our I, own decisions. Yeah. Learn from our own mistakes. I also, I do have to screw up stuff on my own. Me too. That's how, unfortunately, it's how I learned the best is making a mistake and being called out on it in that moment. Mm -hmm. And that is a blow to the ego, if there ever was one. Yeah. Talk about pride again. Yeah. I, I feel you, girlfriend. I'm like, okay. No one said a goddamn word, so thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, so I think coming to a wrap on this, let's call it chapter one of our novel on all the relationships, because we're relationship people. We're Enneagram 2s. We love, we love relationships. You say you hate people, but you know that your people <laughs> are what are important to you. <laughs> I hate them, but I'm good with them. Yeah. <laughs> and you love the shit out of me, and you know it. <laughs> no, I I love a small amount of people. And you love them so deeply. It's very like much. that's why I get diarrhea if someone's mad at me. But <laughs> I love you so much. You make me have boobs. It's like a Valentine's diarrhea massacre. <laughs> <laughs> so in synopsis, guys, we are writing the story too. We're not experts, but we can share some of the places we messed up. We believe in admitting where you're wrong, working on communicating, expressing all of your expectations, and standing by your expectations. Uh, we believe in being vulnerable, 
loving the shit out of people no matter how often you let them hurt you. I mean, not the same person, obviously, but, like, people were shocked I started dating again after I was divorced. I was like, what? So, like, I had one shitty person I'm supposed to never date again? Fuck you. But I think that's the good stuff in life, you know? And we want you guys to have the best quality relationships in your family and your friends with your partner. That's all we want. Yeah, and it's work. It is work. So you're going to have to make it work. Just going to have to make it work. Let's tie this all together (laughs) up in a neat little bow. (laughs) Make it work. You know what? Or don't if you don't want to. Because if you don't want to make it work, then that's another fucking red flag. If you don't feel like it anymore. Get the fuck out. And you're looking at that person and you're like, you know what? It is just not worth another long conversation. How many times do I have to have the same conversation? Then also, if you even remotely care about them and you feel that way, let them go. Let them find their person. Stop wasting their time. Yeah, if you are just not fitting and you know your expectations aren't being met and they think you're a nag and you know it's like the neck if someone that i'm dating ever calls me needy again that is absolutely 100 percent the end yeah i get that that's my thing now is like i have um i don't know that i've been cheated on honestly i'm sure i have who the fuck knows anymore with these stupid motherfuckers but (laughs) And men are trash Being the called end. needy is something. What'd you say? It said, and men are trash the end. <laughs> Being called needy is something that I am familiar with. And I don't give a fuck. No. I'm not changing my needs. They're my needs. They're your needs. And there's going to be somebody out there that can meet them. I literally texted you last week. I was like, tell me I'm pretty and that you thought I did a good job editing the episode. <laughs> and what did I do? You did. You're so pretty <laughs> and you did a really great job. I'm so sorry I didn't tell you. <laughs> Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Express your needs, bitches. Be 2020 is the year of stop acting like you're cool. You're not. No one's calm. To circle it also back, you're not cool. I'm not cool. And none of us know what the fuck we're doing. (laughs) That is the overarching theme of life is nobody knows what the fuck is going on. We're all just treading water, Mm -hmm. quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And... I can't give you a list of things to stay or a list of things to go. Stephanie can't give you a list of things that she thinks you should stay or go. Nothing's concrete. It's all about how you're feeling and how you're communicating. And, you know, we both have obviously had a lot of shit thrown at us when it comes to romantic relationships. And this is only the tip of the iceberg. Oh, y'all. I'm a work in progress. (laughs) That's a lot. And... We want to have an open conversation. We want to put it out there. You know, maybe you are somebody who doesn't have to do the uh, mistake yourself and you can learn from us. That's great. Or maybe you've been through one of the things we've been through and now you're like, oh, my God, somebody else has experienced the hell that was fill in the blank of all the shit we just talked about. Also, if you're my ex-boyfriend and you're listening to this. But you know you are. (laughs) You know who you are and I want you to know (laughs) that I wasn't needy. (laughs) You sucked. Yeah. To all my exes listening to this, I'm doing fucking great. So, yeah, by the way, masturbating's better than you. <laughs> than you. Literally <laughs> anything's better than you. But, uh, mostly I'm masturbating. But mostly, mostly that. Yeah, honestly. Honestly. I'm better at it than you. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs>
I was faking it. <laughs> That's another thing you shouldn't do. Don't fake it. Don't fake it. Oh my God, we need to have a sex episode so bad. I was so worried we weren't going to be as funny in this episode because it's such a serious fucking topic, but yeah, no, well, we're fine. But no, for real, we're fine. We're doing, we're learning, but we're doing hell a lot better than we were. It's like the thing where the little rodents in the room on fire and they're like, everything's fine. You ever see that? (laughs) Everything's fine. Everything's on fire, but I'm okay. (laughs) Right. You know, I was just telling someone today, look around. Life is just a bunch of dark tunnels with lights at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And we're all just trying to grasp for that light at the end of the tunnel. And there are some great fucking things out there. We're all just working through it. We are. We're all just trying to make it work, bitch. We're all just trying to make it work. All right. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. Morg, you want to plug all of our social stuff? Let's do it. We've got Instagram at Make It Work Podcast, Twitter at Make It Work Pod, and Make It Work Podcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions, feedback, or things you would like us to discuss, please write it in so that we can sort through and maybe talk about it on an episode. All right. Sounds perfect. Hope you guys have a great week. Bye, Morg. Love you. Bye, Steph. Love you, too. And that's a wrap, guys. Can't wait to hear from you next week. Big thanks again to the Good Morning Liberty Network. Bye.